the memories. The clock is down to 48 seconds. 20 to 10, Colorado leads Nebraska. They have waited a long time for this. So many times, the red flood has come into Folsom Field, and they have gone back across the border to the north, a winner. It won't be this time. The Stories. Brucott to the corner for Carrington, intercepted! Colorado got it! Witherspoon! With the biggest play in Colorado football for years! And now, as a supplement to over 40 years worth of CU football coverage in the CU at the Game archives, here is Stewart with his CU at the Game podcast. Greetings, Buff fans, from CU at the Game. This is Stuart Whitehair, publisher and editor for the CU at the Game website and your host for the CU at the Game podcast. I am joined for this podcast by Brad Geiger and Neil Langland, and we discuss the latest news on San Diego State and its perilous position as it tries to maneuver its way into a Power Five conference. We also discuss the commitment of journeyman transfer quarterback Gavin Colt and what his addition could mean to the CU quarterback room this fall. The main topic for this podcast, though, is a new yay or nay segment. In this episode, we take on the following questions about your buffs. Yay or nay, Shadur Sanders will set a new school record this fall for passing yards and or passing touchdowns. Point of reference, the current records, 3,200 passing yards and 28 passing touchdowns in a season. Both of those records being set by Sefo Lufau in 2014. Yay or nay? CU's recruiting class of 2024 will rank in the top 30 in the nation. Yay or nay? The Buff defense will surpass last season's sack total, a woeful nation's worst nine, in the first four games of the 2023 season. Yay or nay? C will add a scholarship quarterback to the roster before the start of fall camp. Yay or nay? Travis Hunter will lead the team this fall in one of the following categories. Receiving yards, touchdowns receiving, or receiving yards per catch. And, yay or nay, Shadur Sanders will be CU's starting quarterback in 2024. How would you answer these questions? Do your answers match up with ours? Let's find out. Okay, and we're back. Joining me is Brad Geiger from Highlands Ranch, Colorado. How's Brad doing? Doing good. Didn't get down to the uh, Nuggets celebration, but did uh, manage to watch most of it while pretending to work. So life is good here in the Mile High City. Okay, and Neil... Nugget celebration was right in your neighborhood. How's Neil Langland doing today? Great. You know, I watched part of it from my balcony, and I went down two blocks to 17, watched the rest of it. It was a lot of fun. It was great spirit. Everybody was in a great, great mood. I think everybody enjoyed it, the players especially. Well, good. Well, 
congratulations for the first NBA title in program history. So we're going to do a little new segment, but we're first we got to talk about the news of the day because we had some little bit of news on things we've been waiting to get news on for the last couple of months. So San Diego State sent a letter to Mountain West Conference to the commissioner and the 11 presidents saying, you know, we're thinking about being divorced, thinking about leaving. And the Mountain West said, fine. And San Diego asked, well, you know, can we get an extension on our telling you we're actually going to leave? And oh, by the way, that 17 million we owe, can we draw that out over a long period of time? To which the Mountain West apparently replied, reportedly replied, <laughs> uh, held to the no. And as we speak, the deadline for San Diego State to not have to pay 34 million, only have to pay 17 or 16.5 million to leave. The, is, the clock is ticking. So, Brad, I'll start with you. What do you make of the this conundrum, which is the San Diego State Aztecs? Completely understandable that they would like to jump ship because whatever realignment's going to bring, the non-Power Fives are not going to benefit from it. So everybody's going to be looking for a port in the upcoming storm. That said, I guess I can understand. I, we don't know what kind of offer has been made. We don't know what San Diego State knows about Pac-12 media deal, the infamous unknown hypothetical Pac-12 media deal. <laughs> so, you know, I guess I can understand asking, but, you know, as the actual divorce lawyer, sometimes you make offers just to ask, knowing it's highly unlikely the other party is going to accept them. I don't know in what world they thought the Mountain West was going to say, oh, yeah, no problem. Yes, you've been a long, fine, upstanding member. You brought us lots of NCAA money. So, mm -hmm. yes, whatever you want to do is fine with us. So, Neil, reading between the lines, reading the tea leaves, what does that tell you about the Pac-12 and where they're at? Well, let's see. Let's go media deal first. Apparently, we're going to guess San Diego State knows something about the media deal. And that may be positive, that a positive sign for CU that there is, in fact, a media deal, that it's not bad. And we're just now uh, dotting I's and crossing T's. Um, or second, it may be that San Diego State knows it's got a backup offer from the Big 12 so that if they leave, they're still going to be able to find a home. Because I can't see taking that kind of a gamble, even for 17 million bucks, that you're not going to have a schedule come 24. Because Mountain West plays eight games. Uh, it's going to be hard for San Diego State to score uh, schedule eight more games uh, between now and September 24. So they've got to know something. And it just... It's just a matter of exactly where they're going to land and what the terms will be. But they're going to be either in the Pac-12 or the Big 12 well, come 24. Brad, is this something that San Diego, tell, you know, Neil thinks that that's a good sign for the media deal, but the fact that they wanted 30 more days to officially back out, does that tell you that they don't have, they being the Pac-12, doesn't have a media deal? Because if they had a media deal in place, then why ask for an extension? Because I think there's a difference between having a media deal mostly in place and having a media deal in place. 
And, um, you know, yeah, it, it, Neil's right. There are, there are details yet to be worked out. How big those details are, how many zeros on those details, I suspect there's still negotiation going on. San Diego State, I would guess, is pretty confident that, that, that the media deal is going to bring them more than the Mountain West. Now, that's being the best ballerina in Cleveland, but it's still a step up. So, you know, I think it makes sense for them to say, until it's signed, anything can go bad. So why don't we see if we can hold on to the old wife before we move on? Um, <laughs> but I, I, assuming they're not run by complete idiots, they had to know that that was, un, I guess the position had to be, hey, we're so valuable, you should hang on to any hope that we might possibly stay with you. And that's kind of an insulting request. Yeah. Well, Neil, they've done this before for us historians. Uh, back in 2011-2012, San Diego State was going to join the Big East along with Boise State. And wow. that whole deal imploded. And they went crawling back or went back to the Mountain West and got back in. So maybe they just figured... You know, we tried to leave once before and they took us back and it was kind of like, you know, okay, that's fine. We're happy to have you. They figured that, as Brad said, it doesn't hurt to ask. And even if they take a reduced share in the Pac-12 or the Big 12, it's going to be more than they make in the Mountain West, which is like five or six million dollars. Even if they got 15 or 20, it would be quite the increase. So best guess are they going to be playing 2024? Are they going to be playing the Mountain West, the Pac-12, or the Big 12? Oh, gosh. Why couldn't I get the get an easy question? Uh, <laughs> you know, well, I think the easy question was you'd like to travel to San Diego to watch a football game. <laughs> Building on what Brad said is one <laughs> I'm going to piggyback on Brad here, is that one reason it may not be firmer than that is that the Pac-12 has asked San Diego State, don't get out ahead of us too far because we're going to announce on the 21st or we're going to announce some other time. So just hold your fire and keep this secret until then. So I'm going to say that they're going to be in the Pac-12, 10, 11, whatever the number is, playing in 24. Okay. I don't know why. Can't really back it up, but I, I think that to them, in a, in a way, it's a riskless thing because even if they have to come crawling back to Mountain West, the Mountain West doesn't really have anybody to substitute for them. So it's not a bad move overall. Yeah, not not a huge risk. They're probably not going to be playing as an independent in twenty twenty four. So Brad, you, uh, we, I mean, if they do join, obviously we will dissect that in minute detail, but. Are you ready for a Pac-11 or Pac-12 with uh, SMU? Is that uh, coming in the next month? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, or it's either going to be a Pac-12 with San Diego State for sure and almost certainly SMU, or it's going to be a Pac-10 with San Diego State and SMU and Colorado and one and, and somebody else going to the, Pac, to the Big 12. I am not 100% convinced to see you stuck in staying in the Pac-12. Matter of fact, I'm at best 50% convinced. So, I mean, that, 
next year may be our one opportunity for a trip to the sunny shores of San Diego. <laughs> well, because we're not going to the Holiday Bowl anytime soon. Um, but, you know, <laughs> someday we'll be someday. back in San Diego uh, for a bowl game. So, Neil, the other thing we've been longing for, hoping for, dreaming about for the last couple of months is getting a backup quarterback for Shadur Sanders. And so you got a backup quarterback, a young man by the name of Gavin Cold. I assume it's K-U-L-D, Cold, um, who committed to University of Colorado, a journeyman junior college quarterback, but we've been longing for a backup experienced quarterback. Are we excited about the uh, commitment of Gavin coming to the University of Colorado? Well, no disrespect because this kid's obviously a much better athlete than I ever dreamed of being, but um, someone supplied me with some stats where he was something like uh, last year, 14 for 25 or 29 with four picks and not impressive statistics, actually. It's hard to say what his playing situation was, but that leads me to believe that our backup QB the true number two is probably already in, on campus with our freshman guy that looked pretty decent in the spring showcase. Okay. So you concur, Brad, that we got, we talked a little bit about this before we went on air, that we got a backup quarterback as opposed to the backup quarterback? Let me say that um, I am far from from convinced that the coaching staff is done looking around the transfer portal for another quarterback. I don't think this, this again, glad to have a guy there. He seems to have, you know, some physical skills. Um, who knows? We, we, get, we still need to coach some guys up. That's just reality, but nothing we see says, Oh, he's ready to step in as the number two. We've been wondering if the unicorn was going to come. This is not it. Not. Okay. <laughs> so looking for Louis Vuitton and got an American tourister. For Samsonite. I mean, Samsonite. Samsonite. <laughs> Which was the one that the gorilla threw around the cage? Was that? Uh... Yeah, it's the old plastic one, you know, the yeah. big balloon. Yeah. <laughs> but, With the fake you know, marbling on it, yeah. <laughs> once again, Brad raises a good point. We need camp arms because we've lost a lot of QBs. The yeah. room is sort of not bodied sufficiently to conduct a, a training camp or a right. practice for that matter. So we needed to get some bodies in here. Well we got a lot of we got a lot of wide receivers to throw to. So losing five scholarship quarterbacks, it would be nice to have an extra arm at least for practice. So welcome Gavin to the the herd. Yeah. But um if he's on the field of play this year, I think CU fans might be uh, concerned about the status of the quarterback position at the University of Colorado. Um, speaking of bodies, just briefly want to get your opinions because Coach Prime very publicly went on air to discuss uh, the status of his foot, his leg. Um, there's a YouTube video with his surgeons and the athletic department people and possible amputation of his foot that he's had he already had two toes amputated uh brad first i mean obviously we 
hope that things work out and that they figure out a way to get more circulation. I guess it was down to 66% or something like that of what's normal. Hope things work out, but it's kind of a weird way for the public to find out about it. Are you a little worried about that? Is that a little too much information? I'm trying to figure out what Coach Prime thinks is too much information because so far that line ain't even visible in the distance. Um, <laughs> you know, and honestly, I mean, this is this is how he's always been. I th the story is that there is a private Coach Prime, there is a private guy that even when he was prime time playing that that was a character you play a character long enough you you kind of become you know adam west as batman who ended up signing autographs as batman uh, yes. you, know, you, you at some point the character takes over who you are so the fact that he revealed this kind of stuff that's his brand of course you will hope for the best it, it's just watching him limp now because those of us who remember him as an athlete on board are on the field, just the speed and the glorious athleticism. I don't think it affects the team in any way. I think part of it is because he's built that brand of so many other things. I don't think anybody's looking at his foot when they're deciding whether or not to be come to uh, see you. But it's just, I think his honesty helps. Kids are going to get hurt. Um, he understands what that, he now understands what that's like, you know, when that, when that, Fresh, that promising freshman tears an ACL and Prime goes to look at him and says, I know a little bit about how you feel. He can say it. Yeah. Well, Neil, you more concerned about that he'd be in too much pain to do some of his duties, or are you more concerned about the uh, the look of Coach Prime riding a scooter out behind Ralphie to uh, open his CU career at Folsom Field against Nebraska? Well, I'm concerned about his health first and foremost, and wish him the best. Putting on my cynical misanthropic hat for a moment, I think that coming out and being clear about it is better than fighting off rumors from opposing coaches of ideas that they may be planting in recruits' heads. So Good that point. deals with that issue straight front. The other is he is not hard to find, as he says, and this is in complete coordination with that position that he takes. And I can just see him with his personality making an advantage of him being on a scooter, one of those little things that people ride when they're recovering from foot or ankle surgery. So he's going to come out fine with this and may even be a benefit to him. Yeah, there'll be some prime scooter brand, you know, that he will be marketing and selling. So... Yes. Yeah. Everyone wishes him well and hope it all works out. But and give him credit. I mean, he said he wanted to get this resolved before the season. He wanted to, you know, get things done during the downtime, which is, you know, June and the first part of July. So we'll see how that plays out. And however it plays out, I'm sure we will have information on that because that's uh, the coach prime way. So I'd like to turn to uh a segment we haven't done before, but I think we'll probably do it again. A yay or nay. I'm going to ask you or give you some potential lines, potential outcomes, and ask you both whether or not you think it may or may not come into fruition. So, Neil, I'll, I'll start with you. Yay or nay. 
Shadur Sanders sets a new CU school record for either passing yards or passing touchdowns this season. And to give it context, Sefo Lufau holds both records. 2014, he threw for 3,200 yards, right at 3,200, and had 28 passing touchdowns. And put that in a little context compared to the CU offense last year, if CU had paid if Colorado has 28 passing touchdowns this year and has zero rushing touchdowns and zero field goals, they will still outscore the 2022 team. So 28 passing touchdowns, 3,200 passing yards. Is that something Shadur Sanders can come up with in 2023 as a Colorado Buffalo? Yay or nay? Uh, I go nay. I think he has the ability to do it. I think his receivers have the ability to get open frequently enough and to, with a lot of yards after the catch to get to that number, maybe even more. What I don't know is how healthy he's going to be behind an offensive line and their pass protection, how good of a running game he's going to have to support his passing efforts. And I still remain a little cynical about those two things. So he's capable I'm not sure he's going to have the supporting cast to do it. Okay. Well, Brown three, give you a couple more numbers um, at Jackson state. And again, you put that in perspective, but at Jackson state as a freshman, Sanders had 3,231. So he threw for over 3,200 yards and had 30 touchdowns. So he passed Sefo's numbers as a freshman and this past year as a sophomore, 37, 32, in passing yards and 40 passing touchdowns. So he's capable. So yay or nay, Shadur Sanders writes his way into the CU record book in his first year in Boulder. Okay, I'll be contrary, and I think he does. Because I think he's going to be playing from behind. I think he's going to have to throw a lot in second quarters. I think he's going to throw against backup teams that are backing up. Um, and giving him some room. So I think that's yardage. I think he has the skill players who can get some of those touchdowns and get some of that space. And I think, I, bluntly, he's more talented than anybody we've had in here since Cordell Stewart. Um, and I love Steve Montez, and I love Cephal Lupa, Coy Detmer, and all of the other guys we can talk about. Um, he is physically more talented than that. Um, Neil's right. If we can't throw a block, it won't matter. But if that line comes together and can hold together, and even, you know, yardage comes in passing yardage comes in dump offs. I would be surprised if we're not 75% passing team, 80% passing team in second halves. He will have the opportunity to do it if he can stay healthy. Brad, something you said made sense. Another factor is how well the defense plays, because if they're they're behind early. They're going to have to be throwing the ball. And that cuts both ways. If CU's um, defense isn't holding up, the offense is going to get lots and lots of chances to throw the ball. Yeah. I'm well, hedging. Okay. Yeah. Well, there's yeah, lots of different both ways. There's more hedging I can throw in. Um, keep in mind that the game's going to be shorter. They changed the rules about the clock. They're not going to stop the clock on first down. So, Somebody went through and did some math and figured there's probably seven fewer plays a game 
that you know that's gonna factor into the point total and maybe bring they think maybe a field goal per team so maybe three to six points less being scored per game on average i looked at the 2014 numbers for cepho and i think part of it was that christian powell was the leading rusher with 448 yards in 2014 I think we have better running backs. Now, to Brad's point, if we are forced to throw the ball more often, it doesn't really matter how many good running backs we have. But if he's being successful with the rushing attack, that would certainly cut down in the passing numbers. So I think it's an interesting. When I first read that, I was like, well, that's not going to happen. I mean, CU's got a history of having good quarterbacks. and But then, I don't know. Sugar Sanders has already beaten those numbers twice as a freshman and a sophomore. So we'll see. It'll be interesting to see if he sets either one of those records. Uh, Stu, so, Brett, you know, one of the things is it's about the defense again. Sorry to interrupt, but if they're not playing well, um, CU may have to slow down its offense. I think the fast paced offense is going to help Sanders break that record. But if CU needs to slow down to give their defense a rest, he may not have as many opportunities. Yeah. So for every, you know, pro we can find a con, every con we can find a pro. So it's an interesting, interesting question. Shifting it a little bit, Brad, I'll give you the next one. Yay or nay? Back on signing day, CU had the number 21 recruiting class, not transfer portal, but actual recruiting class. I looked the other day, it's now 28th officially. So I don't know what happened, but Question is, yay or nay, will the CU recruiting class of 2024 finish in the top 30 nationally, currently ranked 36th at Rivals? So will Deion Sanders, he's gotten some four-star commitments already, pretty good percentage of four-star commitments. I think there's already three or four of them out of the small class or that we already have. So you believe that... Uh, the University of Colorado under Coach Prime is going to have a top 30 recruiting class for the class of 2024. Yes. Here's an interesting thing. One of the things that keeps you from having high recruiting classes repeatedly, unless you're Alabama, Georgia, et cetera, is that players don't want to play behind somebody because they're afraid that the coaches will get committed to the people they already recruited. That argument will never be made. For CU under <laughs> Coach Bryant. Whatever else is going to happen with this, let's roll the roster. If if you walk in and say, listen, if you're good enough, you can play, people are going to believe that from Coach Prime, unless I guess you're quarterback behind Shadur. So I think there is a pos is a good possibility. I mean, that's basically a top quarter um recruiting class, a little more. I think that that's consistent with everything we've seen here what he's got going on with the fact that the Washington Post is still writing stories about him. So, yeah, I think I'm relatively confident that we can stay in that 20 to 30 range. Okay. Neil, yay or nay? University of Colorado has a come next December and into February, first week of February. We're looking at the numbers and the team rankings and Colorado's in the top 30 nationally. You in or out? Yay or nay? I'm a yay. Um, and I don't have a lot of depth on this, but I, I think something that cuts against that is the way Sanders 
uh, constructs his team with so many transfers every year, so many graduate transfers. So it reinforces what Brad says about uncertainty of high school recruits is that if I sign here, they're going to sign, uh, sign somebody over my head where I'm going to have to redshirt for a year or not play for two years. Um, I think what determines it, though, is Sanders' personality, his magnetism, and the sense that momentum is building at Colorado and come and be part of it. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll be the contrary, and then I'll, I'll go with the nay on this one. And it might just be pure numbers that the recruiting class might not be large enough to generate the, air quotes, points required to have a top 25, top 30 class. Don't have a whole bunch of seniors. Do have a whole bunch of juniors that will potentially move on or have the ability to move on uh, or be asked to move on. So I do think that there will be a pretty good class, but I would think that Coach Prime and company might fill some of those numbers with more transfers rather than go the freshman route. So it's not that I don't have faith in the coaching staff to bring in quality recruits and have four stars that actually commit to the University of Colorado. My thinking is that just purely on numbers, that the class won't be large enough to generate the total points to be a top 25, top 30 class. Could I ask a question, Stu, about that? If we change the criteria to average star rating from total points, would your answer be the same? Um, I don't know, because right now, CU is second in the Pac-12 behind only Oregon. Or is it behind USC? One of the two, I think there's, I think it's behind Oregon in terms of average stars. Now, that also includes the defensive tackle that's been arrested in Georgia. We don't know whether or not he's going to make it to Boulder come January. But if it's average star rating, I don't know. There's some, there's some prejudice. I mean, we tend to have <laughs> some recruits that start as four stars when they're being recruited. And then when they commit to Colorado, they somehow at the end of the season end up being three stars. So just being the cynic that I am, I will stick with my nay answer, even with the star rating part. Yeah. It's amazing how being recruited by Alabama adds a star to your recruiting yes. list, right? <laughs> yeah, the only team that can start sign a four-star punter. <laughs> Repeatedly. <laughs> yes, every year. So, Neil, I'm going to come back to you for the next one. It's an interesting one. Yay or nay, Colorado will have more sacks in the first four games of the 2023 season. So that would be the TCU game on the road, Nebraska, CSU at home, at Oregon. CU will have more sacks in the first four games of the 2023 season than the 2022 CU team had all year, which was nine, which was dead last in the country. And to give you a perspective, that's 2.25 sacks per game, which in 2022 would rank CU 55th out of 131 teams. So basically, will the CU defensive line, CU linebackers, edge rushers, whatever you want to call them, generate at least an average number of sacks per game in the 2023 season? Yay or nay? Yeah, it's a big nay. Excuse me, a big yay. Sorry. And here's a red meat answer is that it may take them a while with their talent and schemes and so on to come together, but they're going to 
have a big, big night against CSU in Boulder in terms of sacks, which is going to push their average up. How's that, CU fans? You like that one? <laughs> yeah, that was kind of a setup, but yes, that's good. <laughs> so, Brad, I'm taking you. You agree? You're you're a yay that in the first four games, including three ranked opponents, right? So you will still be able to come up with nine sacks in the first four games. I, you know, counting on four or five sacks against Colorado State is, I mean, and if I'm wrong about this, I will, you know, I will be standing there admitting I'm wrong. I think the TCU game is going to be tough. We're on the road. We're trying to figure out that kind of stuff. So you, you can see the defense having a bad game against a good offense. Nebraska's coming in fired up. Um, although they're not offensively anything that I'm going to be worried about. And Oregon's a better team than we are um, by a good amount. Um, and we're on the road. And weird things happen to us in Oregon. Um, so, you know, even if you get, you know, one at TCU and two at Nebraska and Oregon, that means you got to run it again up against Colorado State. I'm all in favor of running it up against Colorado State. I hope they're blitzing on the last play of the day in game if Colorado State has got the ball. But I think I I think that I think Neil's right. I think that line will get better and the competition, with the exception of CSU, gets a little softer. So I if if the over-under was nine and I had to bet an amount of money that I cared about, I'd probably take the under. Okay. Well, I think, you know, that the line's going to get better over the course of the season. So I thought it was more interesting question to just do it the first four games and yeah. kind of against quality opponents, at least coming in. Well, Brad, we're going to modify the question a little bit from what I originally sent you guys. Uh, the original question was, yay or nay, see will add a quarterback to the roster before the start of fall camp. Maybe I'll modify that to say, see will add a scholarship quarterback to the roster before the start of fall camp. Does the, the signing or the commitment of Gavin called an indication that the CU coaching staff is satisfied that they're not going to be able to find any experienced quarterbacks? Or, the, as you mentioned earlier, you think the search is still on? I don't think we'll sign one despite a lack of effort, despite a great effort. I think they're still you know, looking for unicorns. I think they're still going to try to find somebody. I think they're going to hope somebody gets released the summer or something happens, but I just, it's, it's not for lack of trying. I just don't think that guy's out there. And so I've been cynical about this for a while now, and I will stay cynical. This is one I'd rather be wrong on this than the sacks, but I just, I don't see that scholarship guy coming in here. Yeah. Uh, Neil, you a yay or nay kind of guy? Or are you uh giving up on the Buffs finding a scholarship quarterback that's actually throwing a ball against live competition that's, you know, not working at McDonald's on the side? I'm, I'm going to go with nay. And I'm assuming that the transfer portal is closed now. So whoever's on or on the list or in the portal, that's not going to increase between now and 1st of August. So Correct. Limited to the guys that are there, and I haven't looked deeply into that pool, but I I am cynical that we're going to get anybody that looks like a backup QB. Yeah, I'm I'm afraid I'm with you guys. 
Well, Drew Carter's still out there. You know, he's <laughs> he started a game for a Power Five school. If we bring uh, Drew Carter back, does that count? I well, it, <laughs> it's kind of like San Diego State going back to the Mountain West. You know, it's, <laughs> yes, you can always you can go home again. Apparently, <laughs> so yeah, I'm afraid I'm gonna name with you guys that we might get it. You know, there might be other Power Five you know, preferred walk-on discards or whatever that might be coming in. But I don't think that someone's going to be coming in in the next month and a half that we would qualify as a, you know, experienced backup quarterback. I think they're going to go into the season with two true freshmen and hope that they are prepared to play if it happens to come to pass. Neil, you get the next one. I like this one. Yay or nay? Travis Hunter will lead the team in one of the following categories, receiving yards, receiving touchdowns, or yards per catch. I'm still kind of floating around on this. Sorry to interrupt, Stu. Is that if that 1.5 mil offer, if that story is true, then I'd say the word's out on Travis, to the extent it may not have been before. But the show he uh, put on in the spring showcase, he's going to be getting a lot of attention from defenses. And what they may be doing is taking him away and making CU beat them with other receivers. So, again, (laughs) he's got more than enough ability to do it. Oh, my God, what a player. If he gets single coverage um, or reasonable coverage, no doubt he could do it. Again, it's going to come back to the offensive line a little bit, but I'll say with all that negative comment that he'll still lead one of those categories. Okay. Brad, he has to be on the field at least a a pretty good share of the time. There's some quality receivers out there. At least we think we have some quality receivers on the lineup. Will Travis Hunter get enough playing time to lead the offense in one of those categories? Well, there's one he doesn't have to get a lot of playing time to lead the offense in a category. I will say, yeah, and I will say it'll be yards per catch. I think he's going to be our big play guy. I do not think Travis Hunter is going to run five-yard crossing. Okay. okay. I don't think he's he's I don't think he's coming in to, you know, pick up the tough six yards on third down. That's not what Travis Hunter is going to do in this offense. Travis Hunter is going to be, you know, there's the post, get your ass to it. And I think that that's, I think that's what he's going to do. And I think there's every chance that if you bring him in for that, you know, if if we see three or four 40 yard catches from Travis Hunter this year, are we going to be surprised? No, I think so. No. And if we see one or two 80 yard catches from Travis Hunter, are we going to fall down in shock? No. <laughs> no. And if he has four again, those against Colorado State, are we going to lose our minds? Oh yeah. <laughs> you know, I'll say, I think I think Brad is right. There's going to be a lot of long catches for him, but I was impressed by his leaping ability, and I'm going to go with touchdowns just just for wow. that. Now, actually, that was my setup. That was my kind of sneaky one. I I would go with the A. He's going to lead the team in one of the categories, but I would say receiving touchdowns. There's some familiarity, obviously, with Sanders played with the year. Last year, he was injured a good deal of the season. He only played in eight games. He only had 18 catches, but four of them were for touchdowns. 
And I would think that you got a third and goal at the five yard line. Travis Hunter is going to be in the game. Yep. And Shadur Sanders is going to be looking for Travis Hunter. If you remember back, we probably the only game that most of you fans have ever seen of Jackson State football was the Celebration Bowl. And you think back to the last minute of regulation, they were on the 20 yard line down seven points. Travis Hunter was double teamed. Shadur runs around, runs around, throws the ball to the end zone, throws it in Travis's direction, and he catches the ball and sends the ball game into overtime. Mm-hmm. And not to be too painful for rough slash Bronco fans, but if you think about like Tom Brady and Gronkowski or Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey, you know, you get down to those third and goal type situations, everybody in the stands knows where the ball is going, and yet still ends up getting touchdowns. So my kind of sneaky way of getting a yay out of that was to put in the touchdowns because I think that when push comes to shove and Shadur Sanders is being flushed out of the pocket and they're near the end zone that he's going to be looking for Travis Hunter. So I, I like the idea of Brad saying, you know, that, yeah, he's going to might have half the number of catches of, you know, some of our starters at wide receiver and his average is significantly higher because he's only in for a certain amount of plays and gets those long catches. But I wouldn't be surprised if he led the team in in receiving touchdowns this year. The security blanket receiver is a real phenomenon. So, Stu, you're not going to go with the tight end to lead in touchdowns? <laughs> <laughs> To see you have any tight ends? Also, Actually, I mean, if you if you want to go back, you know, and start arguing with all these preseason things, you talk about returning starters and stuff like that. It's like, um, you know, we're, we're actually going to have a returning player that's going to be starting a tight end because we only have three. They're all yeah. sophomores. They all played on the team last year. So chances are we might have two offensive linemen and a tight end that's uh, returning from last year. So maybe it's a... Uh, Going to have some tight end play, but no, I am not predicting that the tight end position is going to lead the team in anything except for extra blockers on third and one. Um, <laughs> let's see. The last one goes to Brad. And I think this is an interesting one as well. Yay or nay, Shadur Sanders, who we talked about a lot tonight, will be the quarterback at the University of Colorado in 2024. So he will be draft eligible. Looked up some numbers for you. NFL draft buzz has him as a late second round pick. Uh, The seventh ranked passer. Of course, he's seventh ranked in the country, fourth in the Pac-12. Fourth in the Pac-12, yeah. Caleb Williams, number one. Michael Penix, Washington, number three. Bo Nix, Oregon, number five. So he's seventh in the nation, fourth in the Pac-12 in terms of draftable quarterbacks. NFLmockdraft.com has his third round. Sporting News has him as a number 21 overall player. That doesn't necessarily mean number 21 draft pick because not everybody's going to want a quarterback necessarily at that range, but they have him as first-round talent. So yay or nay, Shadur Sanders is the quarterback of the University of Colorado in 2024. Bit of hard overhead here. I think if he was Shadir Jones with all the game skills, I think he'd at least seriously look at getting out. I think 
the chance. I, first of all, I think there's a good chance CU's not a winning team in 23. Spoiler alert. I think Shadur Sanders was raised by one of the seven most competitive people to ever play NFL football. I think that he will come back to prove that and will come back to be better in 2024, both because he plays for his father and because he has the, his father's competitive genes. Now, can I make every argument the other way in a second? But that's where I'm going tonight. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Neil, putting on your objective draft eligible hat and you got your Shadur Sanders agent or people that talked in, into his ear and saying your millions of dollars are coming. Yay or nay, Shadur Sanders is wearing black and gold at the University of Colorado in 2024. Well, I'll confess that I have not looked at the various draft boards and how they're rating him. Some say probably he's a first round pick. I think Brad's onto something insofar as he may not have a great year this year, but he may be a Heisman candidate in 24 if CU starts to, to uh, crystallize and come together. Um, second, I think his family will want him to stay together for one more year to play with his dad and his brother because you can be a pro for a long, long time, but you only get one shot to play with your dad and your brother and in front of your mom and everybody else. So I think that's going to be a big thing. Also, I think their parents will, and the family will want him to finish, get his degree, and just go on from there. So I, I also think that uh, going back to Travis for a minute, in that he turned down a lot of money to stay at CU, according to this rumor, and that Shadur probably has that same gene insofar as he wants to finish something that he starts, which is resurrecting CU. Part of the family thing as well. And I think he's going to stick around and do the CU thing, regardless of how well he plays this year. Yeah. And, and let's remember that one of the reasons kids, players turn pro early is because they want the money for their family. You know, every draft day we get, you know, we're here to buy the house from the single parent who raised him and that kind of stuff. Dion does not need Shadur to turn pro to make sure the family makes the mortgage. Right. Yeah. Their generational wealth is already taken care of. Thank you very much. So hopefully that will be a reason for him to stick around. I think, again, yeah, the competitiveness that he is one of the, you know, he's only the fourth highest rated quarterback in his own conference might have something to do with it. That, you know, the competitiveness, like if he comes back, those other three go to the NFL, you know, he might be the top dog in 2024. I don't know, you know, what else would be out there. I don't know how many years of eligibility the Utah quarterback has, but he seems to have 16 years of eligibility. <laughs> so he's going to be back again. But, you know, I, I think that, uh, or whatever's left of the Pac-10 slash 12 going forward, he might be the king of the pile. And yeah, I agree that barring some miraculous eight and four season that none of us are actually projecting, 
there's going to be some unfinished business and that hopefully he will. And again, we're speaking very selfish as black and gold buff fans that he will want to stick around and turn that around and not leave until he takes it from one and 11 to five and seven to nine and three kind of thing and prove that he was a, a leader on the team. And from all the videos, he certainly appears to be not a leader in name only. He is uh, an actual leader out there at practice and has the respect of his teammates. So hopefully he will, he will want to stick around. So that's all we've got for the A or nay segment for this time. Like I said, I think it was kind of fun. I think we might do something like this in the future yeah. when, you know, before we start getting into, but of course the next edition, we will be talking about what will we talking about, Brad, the PAC 12 media deals, PAC 12 media deal. Yes. By God, we will be talking about it at some point. Well, we talked about it tonight. So, you know, we, we did not we lie. Get a couple minutes out of it. No false advertising here, folks. We uh we did produce a discussion about the Pac-12 media deals. But until that time comes and we hopefully get to talk about it before we have to start talking about doing our fall camp preview. Right. So for now, I'll I wish you well. And Brad, for you, safe travels. And Neil, we will talk again real soon. Take care, Thanks, friends. Thanks, guys. Good night. Thank you. Well, for listening to this podcast and for being a longtime, I'm sure, member of the Buff Nation, which is now the talk of the nation. I hope you're subscribing to the podcast so you won't miss any of the upcoming episodes. We are partners with Mile High Sports and are part of their podcast network. You can always find the See What the Game podcast at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and other podcast sites. If you're not a fan of downloading podcasts, all the episodes can be listened to at the See What the Game website. I'll be back again soon with Neil and Brad, and we will perhaps, just perhaps, be finally discussing the new Pac-12 media contracts. Plus, any news about expansion or realignment. Until then, be well, stay safe, and go boss. Thank you for listening to our See You at the Game podcast. For links to articles and stories referenced in this podcast, go to cuatthegame.com. That's the letter C, the letter U, at thegame.com. If you have comments or suggestions, you can leave them on the website or send an email to seeyouatthegame at gmail.com. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please be sure to subscribe and share it with your fellow Buff fans. Until next time, when we will again see you at the game.